guys. Uh, we have another episode today of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers and sex workers. We have the lovely Miss Jessica Lynn in the studio today, aka her studio today, because we're recording on site. Um, she's a lovely owner of Ava Fitness Studios here in New Westminster. And yeah, I'm going to let you take it away. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Yay. So excited to have you. I've been really, really excited to do this episode. And I've been really kind of like picky choosy about who I wanted to come on for this specific topic. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about sexual abuse. So it might be a trigger. Just want to give that warning out there. If you are triggered by sexual abuse or sexual assault or anything like that, you might want to skip this episode. So I just want to throw that out there. But we're going to touch on that subject later today. Really really gonna dive deep into that but before we get into all that fun crazy stuff well not crazy it is really crazy (laughs) we're emotional (laughs) oh god (laughs) um we're gonna talk about you so who are you so I am just a Canadian girl I was born in Toronto I grew up there and when I was 19, I decided to leave the country and I moved to Paris where I lived uh, for two years. And then from there, uh, we, my, my ex, um, his job moved us to London, England. So we actually moved there and I lived there for seven years. So when I was 27 or 28, I moved back to Canada and I came to Vancouver because whilst I was away, my mom and my brother had moved out here to Vancouver from Toronto. And when I made the decision to come back to Canada, I always have loved Vancouver and I always knew that I wanted to live here. So I did. Wow. And then when I came here, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. (laughs) You know, Um, still like at 27, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I had had some great jobs over the years but you know at that point I had been already teaching pole dancing in England and I decided that that's what I wanted to do and that's why I opened up um, this studio amazing yeah amazing I did not know that you lived in Europe oh my gosh I did not know all this stuff okay so (laughs) back 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 track so first of all Paris yes tell me about your experience in Paris So Paris was fun. I mean, I was 19 when I left. That really was just me wanting to get away from everything that had been going through in Toronto. And if we like reverse, you know, (laughs) rewind. Back up, back up. Yeah, let's rewind (laughs) the tape like two years prior to that. That's actually when I had started. No, I was 18. Oh, wow. I was 18. And I had been working in Toronto. The reason that I kind of got into it was because the guy I was dating at the time, I think I started dating him at 16. By 18, he had introduced me to stripping. Like, he brought me to my first strip club. Oh. Um, You know, there was a lot of substance abuse intertwined in in those couple of years as well on his part but he really introduced me to a lot of that when I turned 18 I was in a you know obviously I was still in school but I was like I want to work I want to make money and I had really been intrigued by that whole industry because I had been visiting these clubs and I'm like this is really cool and as a patron you think it's really glamorous and you know and you're you just get you hear stories I, I talked to some of the strippers 
um, back then. And this is like two, I'm, I want to say 1999 or 2000. So this is like yeah. going way, <laughs> way back. Way back guys. And, and the girls were, you know, they were like, oh, it's great money. And at that time it was, you know, yeah. it was really good. The lap dances were a lot cheaper then too. <laughs> they were like 20 bucks and that was like expensive. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh my so, gosh. That's really cheap. Um, yeah. So the girls made a lot of good money. And of course I was like, well, I could do that. You know, yeah. this is really cool. And so that's how I got started there. And then I worked in Toronto. It was about a year, year and a half I was doing that. And then I moved to Paris. So I met a guy. and a Different the, guy. A different guy. So I, I broke up with that guy that introduced me to stripping. Okay. He was kind of just bad news. Yeah. He was like... Um, mentally abusive. I won't go too much into it, but mentally abusive. He did put his hands on me once, and that's when we split up. Yeah, like never yeah. again. No, I was done. like, nobody is ever going to touch me like that. Yeah, we're done. So that was the time that I was really like, you know what? I just want to leave. I need to go and do something and just leave. I didn't have a great relationship with my my mom or my dad, really. You know, my mom. Like I was a rebellious teenager. I had <laughs> attitude. I just like thought I knew everything like every teenage girl does. Yeah, we all go through that. And um, I really, I just wanted to travel and get get away from Toronto because to me, it was just like a dead end place for me. Right. So I left. And anyway, I met this guy. He was uh, originally from France, but had lived in Quebec and then moved to Toronto. And he also at the same time wanted to go traveling. So when wow. we met, we, I, you know, I was like, oh, I want to go somewhere. I'm probably going to go to Mexico or something like that, work in the resorts and have fun. And he was going to go to Venezuela because his best friend had just moved there. So he was going to go visit him. And then we really liked each other. So we were like, why don't we just go travel somewhere together? Oh, wow. <laughs> and anyway, so I decided, okay, let's go. We're where do we want to go? And he said, well, I'm from Paris. I've always wanted to go back there. I haven't been there since I was a kid. Why don't we go? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So I got myself a one-year visa where I could work, a working holiday visa. And um, we had gotten engaged in that time as well. So we were together oh, wow. for like three months, four months maybe, and we got engaged before we left. Wow. Okay. And then at we 19. went. At 19. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Lots of things happening here. Holy crap. I can't even imagine being engaged at 19. Actually, I was 18. I turned 19 <coughs> after we left. So, oh my gosh. So we left. You're a baby. I was a baby, but this is how kind of desperate I was to leave at the time. Yeah. Like I was just like, get me out of here. Like, that's do. your ticket. That's your way out. It was my ticket. And okay. he was he was charming. You know, he was like my my knight in shining armor. Um, he just came into my life and you know swept me up and was like, look, I can take care of you. I'm gonna get you out of this lifestyle that you're in and. All, just all the crap that I was going through and that I was just like, yes, I'm, I'm going. Yes. Was he older? <laughs> um, a little bit. Okay, like but not five, like five years. Yeah. Okay. Five years older. <clears throat> so we left in like the January of 2001. I turned 19. It was funny because I was like, I'm finally of age in Canada and I'm not even there anymore. <laughs> 
but that's another story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we went to Paris, and I didn't know what I wanted to. I could really not speak any French. Oh my god. I was, you know, I knew <laughs> I knew from what I had learned in school, yes. and being in Toronto, we have to take French up until like grade ten. Yeah. I really had <laughs> broken French. So while he was working, I was going to school for French and learning, and then I enrolled myself in hairstyling school there because I didn't really want it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, I need to do something. So I went to hairstyling school. I was not dancing at that time because he didn't want me to. Okay. And I respected that. And I was like, that's fine. No problem. And he knew all about that he knew, past? Oh, yes. He okay. knew everything. And, and he was cool with that. And he was just like, I don't really want you to do that here. And it's very different in in Paris as well. Like, oh, okay. It's very different. Like, I, we had visited a few clubs, and I was like, I don't actually think I want to do this here anyway. Okay. Um, I'll get into that later. Yes. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I enrolled myself in hairstyling school. Um, so I was doing that full-time, and I was working in hair salons part-time. And I that's basically what I was doing there. And then um, a year and a half, just over a year and a half later, his job moved to London, moved oh, him to London. okay. So, so that's how you got yourself to London. That's how I got myself to London. So okay. I had finished my schooling. Yeah. Um, I had just graduated from that. And then I he actually went to London first because I had all my exams. So I stayed in Paris for like another three weeks. Did that. And then I... I moved over as well. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's such a whirlwind. Oh wow. I'm just trying to wrap my head around everything. There's so many questions. Okay. So then continue. So you got to London. How's your experience there? So London is great. It's such a different city. The people are really awesome. Like I love London. I miss it a lot. All of my best friends are there. Like they're my friends for life. And yeah, they're just, just awesome people. And they're real, you know, real, real people. Like no fakeness. They don't have any filters there. They don't. And that's what I love. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> like, if you don't like something, tell me or whatever. Yeah, just be um, straight with me, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so London was cool. I was working for a little bit. Again, I'm still with my ex. So at this point, we're married. So we had actually gotten married um, while we were in Paris. Anyway, he he's working. I started working for um, a construction company. I was an office manager. Okay. So I did that for a while. And then... Uh, I got a different job for a fleet company and I was a fleet manager. So I used to manage company cars. Company cars in England are big. So every company will have, say, one. Will have one as a, as a benefit. So um, yeah, it's just, it's a big, it's a big deal there. So I was doing that. This is like maybe four years in, five years in. No, it was about four years in. Me and my ex split. Okay. We just, it was amicable. We just kind of decided we wanted different things in life. He wanted to continue traveling forever. I always had it in my head that I wanted to come back to Canada. Right. And he really didn't anymore. And yeah. so we just thought, you know what? We were so young. I yeah. Mean, like I was, You're I was. a baby. Yeah, I think I had just turned 20 when we got married. Gosh. Yeah. So oh it was, my gosh! Look at my <laughs> face, guys. If you can see it, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Different time. A little bit of a different time, though. Wow, right? child. <laughs> yeah, I was. I definitely was. So we split, and it was fine. And then I had gotten together with a coworker of mine who was a woman. We had an eight and a half year relationship mm. as well. So when I started dating her, and I had split from my ex, that's when I got into dancing again. Oh. Okay. So kind of like a 
as soon as I, as soon as he was like, I'm, I'm out and I'm like, I'm out. I'm like, okay, I'm going back to dancing. Like it was like the first thing that I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I missed it. Yeah. I really had missed it. And the, the main thing that I missed was being on the stage. That's yeah. my happy place. Totally. I can take I can take or leave the VIP dancing. Yes. But the my I was like put me on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, I actually started pole dancing for fitness. Okay, so this is around 2006. Okay. Yeah, no, this was 2006. This is when pole dancing started to become a little bit more mainstream um like in the rec like it was a rec center that I was at. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I remember that yeah. I remember they like tried to do pole dancing at like when the local gym is here. And, like pole dancing what's going on here yeah that was around that time I was like yeah. in high school I'm like what's happening <laughs> yeah yeah so and it was one of my co-workers at the fleet management company that was like we should go to this pole dancing class and I had a, I had been dancing already like on the weekends yeah and I was like okay sure like this would help my career and <laughs> and dance and stripping right and so. at the fleet did they know that you were dancing as well yeah you were, oh, yeah super cool super open about it oh yeah they were cool. they didn't mind I mean I wasn't like advertising yeah. it like come <laughs> see me at the club you know yeah but it you know it was commonly known and everybody is cool like that there's like so many strip clubs in England like every town has like two or three. Oh wow yeah it's 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 like, yeah, it's very common. So cool. So, yeah, so I was dancing and then taking classes, you know, after work in the week. And really, that's where my love of pole as a, a sport and an art and, a, you know, outside of the club really started right. to grow. So I was just like loving it. You know, all of my friends, I mean, you know, you're in it. Yes. You have all your best friends around you. Yes. We all have a common goal. Yes. We all want to like do really cool stuff with our body. And we all want to succeed and, and make exactly. these cool shapes and stuff That's too. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. feel good and feel sexy. And it's very different from being in the clubs, you know. Yeah, it's a- definitely different environment and different kind of yeah I don't know mentality right yeah so before before pole fitness happened uh, I guess you were mostly self-taught then um or just like how did that work how did you learn skills how did you learn how to dance I did not touch the pole okay (laughs) (laughs) it's just there it's just there so I mean like nobody really knew anything apart from like a fireman spin or like a chair spin it was like you use the pole to kind of dance around Around, and then you do lots and lots of floor, floor work. work. Okay. And, yeah. and and the thing is, you know, being in the club, the, the tricks are always appreciated, but the guys sitting around the front of the stage, they want all of your attention on them. Right. Right? So it really is more about kind of going up to each one of them individually and just giving them a show and right. making them feel good. Yeah. Um, so. Giving them some attention. Yeah. Giving them attention and. It, yeah, the the pole tricks were really just like nobody at that time was really doing anything. Right. I think a couple girls may have gone upside down, but it was just like an upside down uh, crucifix and then like slide to the floor, and that was it. There was no <laughs> tricks. Wow, I would like cringe if I saw that on stage nowadays. I know. Oh my I, God. It's come so far since then. Totally. So um, I was doing that. So I started. That was about 2006, and then I danced till really till I moved here, which was 2009. 
time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Very so, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, in total, about five years, four and a half to five years of stripping from, like, you know, my first year and a bit when I was 18 and then restarting that yeah. whole like Your second my wave. Is my second wave, absolutely, <laughs> oh a few God. years later. Crazy. Yeah. How, okay, how did you kind of phase that out or when did you decide that you wanted to stop or was that because, like, hey, I'm going to move back to Canada and now I'm going to just be done with it? Yes, that's exactly what it was. So, when I thought about moving here, I thought, you know, I can't do this forever. I'm getting older. Right at that time, it was like 27, 28 when mm-hmm. I moved back here. And so I just thought, I don't want to have to do this forever. I want to actually do something and use my time to do something that's going to go on for a long time. Yeah, totally. And that is really the only reason that I stopped was just, it wasn't like, oh, I'm totally done with this. It's just like, I, I need to move myself into a career path that's going to take me into my like 60s yeah (laughs) there's a shelf life exactly and I'm like these were those were the best years of my life um like physically and you know (laughs) (laughs) so definitely yeah and I just I was just like you know what I've done it I'm good um yeah because it's not a sustainable career it's like you have your prime years to do it. Yes. You know, yeah, as you said, when you're optimal, like, in shape, yes. your body, everything. You yeah. know, you're young, your skin's good, and all that yeah. stuff. There is an expiration date for this kind of career path, right? So it's smart that you were already thinking ahead and being really proactive about, like, okay, what's my next move? Yeah. So then you decided to go, hey, it's time for me to go move back to Canada. And at that time, did you even think about, like, hey, I'm going to open up a pole studio? No. What? Okay, no. okay how did this happen? No. No, not at all. Um, so when I was talking to my instructor back in England about, you know, the move and I was like, I don't know what I want to do <laughs> and <laughs> I, I want to take pole, but like, I don't know any of any pole studios or really, anything there were like any that. studios at that time. Tantra was actually around oh, at what? that time. Okay. Yeah. So I moved in like December 2009, like right before the Olympics. So the Olympics were like oh, in wow. the February, right? Two months right. later. So I, I got here. And by February, it was kind of my goal. I was like, I will either be teaching some kind of class somewhere or, you know, I I don't know. I'm going to try and make this a go, right? Oh, my gosh. So by the February, I had found a local gym. It was like a small personal training gym, and they had extra space in the back. Ooh, okay. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a couple of poles, and I'm going to put them up, and I'm going to see what happens. Like, uh, that was it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that's how I got started. Wow. And I remember at the time, actually, I had reached out to Tantra. Yeah. And um, they had said, we have room in our Langley studio. This is when they had oh Langley. Oh, so long. Yes. And, and we need instructors there, but I didn't have a car. So how are you going to get there? I couldn't get there. from, yeah. And I lived in Coquitlam. Yeah. And so I was like, I this is not an option for me right now. Yeah. So, and that's really kind of why I decided to just start teaching locally. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't There's get no anywhere. Yeah, yeah. There was There's no, no options. studios. And, right. I, and they didn't need me downtown and like because I could have gotten on the train or something downtown but they just they didn't have any openings so that's kind of what happened <laughs> oh I was kind of just like almost 
like I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna do it myself, and that's this is where we are today. So. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Okay, so you bought a couple poles, and you're just like, I'm just gonna wing it. Oh my god, that's so crazy! <laughs> wow, how was the response when you were initially getting started? Like, were people like pole dancing? What the fuck is that? Like stripping? Yeah. Like you know, most yeah, people, that's what people think. stripper school. Yes, yeah, <laughs> stripper absolutely. School. And I was like, well, I mean, it could be. <laughs> like, I, I take strippers. I I can teach you that that's my thing that's my yeah. like that's where I'm strong yeah um <laughs> but uh yeah we really try to main like make it mainstream fitness so and because we were sharing space with the, the other people in the gym we were like okay let's just try and make this as you know fitnessy and athletic as possible you know right. as we're and and again I had come from England where it was that way right we were okay. nobody's wearing bikinis or <laughs> and g-strings in pole class at that time right? right like we were all in shorts and tank tops and we wore shoes in the exotic classes and that was about it okay yeah we did it and I put I remember I put an ad out in the newspaper it cost me like four hundred dollars but oh I was gosh. like I'm gonna do this and see what happens and we had it was for a free open house. Oh, I was wow. like, I'm going to put this out there. And really, we had a great response to that. And it was just word of mouth after. Oh, wow. And so that was, I was in Port Moody teaching at the time. And then a year later, I decided to branch out to Burnaby. And because Port Moody is really, the people are a little bit more like, they want to do personal training there. It was yeah. like the, the pole stuff wasn't really their thing, uh-huh. which is fine. Like that was at that time. Yeah. <laughs> now it's probably it different. Probably. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, th- there's not enough bodies in Port Moody. Yeah. So I'm going to go to Burnaby. So I found this dance studio and they had an extra room and they were like, yeah, we can rent this out to you. I was in Burnaby and Port Moody. So I did both you know classes or sorry both locations two classes in each location a week so it was like four classes a week in total okay and Burnaby is really what skyrocketed like me and the and the brand and at the time we were actually called Polnastics so we we had a different name and that name was borrowed from my sisters in England because it was Polnastics in England and they said just take this because we're already known and stuff like that so yeah, Burnaby got to a point where we had wait lists for like the next month and I was, I, I couldn't take any more people. Yeah. And the dance studio. And it's just you? It was just me. Oh my gosh. It was just Tiring. me at the time. Yeah. And, um, I couldn't get any more time at the dance studio because they were busy with other classes. Yeah. And at that point, I think I had about 50 to 60 regular students. Wow. Out of both locations. Right. Okay. So split between the two. And so we ended up. Up, I ended up choosing New West because I could get still my Port Moody people and my Burnaby people. Yeah. And that's why we chose New West. Gotcha. And I was very apprehensive because at the time New West was really run down. Yeah, I remember because I live yeah. up the street. Like I, well, growing up, I lived in South Burnaby, like right by the New West border. Yeah. We were like sky training down here, busting down here. We're like, ooh, like yeah. this place is super dumpy. <laughs> but now look, it's like it's changed so, so much. much. Yes. And all the buildings going up and I, we're going to see a big increase. And and people in the next couple of years, just with the the building that they're doing here. Yeah. But yeah, and that's why we chose New West. 
just so we could make everybody happy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. And that's kind of how pole started for me here in Canada. It's yeah. an incredible journey. Oh my gosh. And now you've been around for, well, now free, fast forward to 2019. Yeah, so this yes. is our ninth year in business. That's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Such an inspiring story. Um, so, okay. With pole fitness now, pole fitness, pole dancing, how has it been like marketing that? Because pole fitness, pole dancing, exotic pole, like separating the two, like separating stripping out of that and people's conceptions, like how do you deal with that as a business owner? So it kind of has changed over the years because when we first started, we were turned away from events. Like none of the pride, actually pride was always the one that they were like, come, come and do this. Yeah, they're always accepting. They're like, yes, "Yes, please. Yes, they were were awesome. Pride has always supported us. But, you know, like little events like for, you know, I can't even remember right now, but just other charity events where we wanted to go and showcase what it is that we did, they would be like, no, this is a family event, you yeah, know? I, I know. And we've all heard this. Like, if you are in the pole fitness industry, you will have come across this a few times, I'm sure. Yes. But this, again, was back in, like, 2010, 2011, where it was still very taboo, almost, in in Canada. Right. Yes, I feel like Canada has been a little behind the times. Yeah, slow. <laughs> it's a little slow to catch up from the rest of the world, for sure. Yeah. Just the mentality of the people here, I yeah, find, still is like a little... conservative. It very. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even though we're, we are, like, labeled liberal. We like, are, yeah. Only for certain topics, we're liberal. Yes. But with pole dancing and anything sexy, yeah. if you show a little, bit, a little bit of skin, it's like, no, no. Yeah. I don't want my kids to see that. That's it. And that's <laughs> the thing. That. And, you know, and they were just like, this is a family event. And, you know, it took me saying like, well, you know, we're not, this is not a bunch of strippers coming out into your family event. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've got shorts on and running shoes and tank tops and we're showcasing the athleticism and the art behind this. Right. It and, you know, and I always had to say, it's like Cirque du Soleil, but on a pole. Yeah. You know? Or like <laughs> ballet, but on a vertical pole. On a vertical po- bar. Yes, yeah, bar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a lot of um, pushback in the beginning days. But over the years, we've definitely seen it be more accepted yeah. at outside events. And we love doing those because that's where we get to showcase what we do for people. Yeah, absolutely. And now we show the sexy too, you know? Every event we do, I'm like, girls, bring your heels. We're going to do some dancing as well because it's okay to be sexy. And a lot of women who walk by, they're like, I want that in my life. Yes. You know? (laughs) So. We need more of that. We need more opportunities to be sexy and like, you know, not be judged by other people because I feel like we need an outlet to be like, hey, I want to feel feminine. Yes. I want to feel empowered. I want to I want to feel like a woman. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And being sexy is part of it. Right? It is. We all want to feel good. <laughs> we all want to feel good. We do. We want to, we want to tap into that, you know, sexual energy that we all have inside of. A lot of women don't know how to do it. Right. They have it and they're just like, I don't know what to do or they're, you know, they've had issues with, you know, abusive partners or people that just, you know, bring them down constantly and they just need to rediscover what is inside of them. And that's one of the things that I always hear about people that come here. They're just like, I knew I had this in me. 
but <laughs> I yeah. didn't know how to tap into it, and now I now I can, and now I feel like a completely different person. Totally. Yeah. Are you speaking personally as well? No. Personally, for me, I've always had a sexual uh, energy or <laughs> drive <Right. laughs> inside yeah. of me since... I can remember, like, I've always been that way. Okay. Yeah. So when you're younger, is that why you felt kind of so comfortable, like, going to strip clubs when you're younger and all that? Absolutely. So it wasn't, like, a foreign feeling? No, it wasn't. I And, you know, when I was little, little, I danced as well. So, Mm. you know, I was in, like, jazz. And my mom put me in ballet for a little bit, which I hated. And I wish (laughs) I would have stayed in it because I would have been so much more, you know, flexible and technique. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, why don't you just... Push me, you know, as a kid, you're like, (laughs) so I had a tiny bit of, you know, dance background when I was little. And I think when I got older, I just like wanted to rediscover that too. But the sexual side has always been there for me. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. It's so cool. I think think I'm the same way too, because I've just always been (laughs) exhibitionist-y, which is probably why I love, you know, being on stage and like taking my clothes off. Yeah. It's fun. It is. It is fun. fun. Yeah. But I want to go back to talk about your experiences when you first started stripping too, and then I guess sexual assault like how that mm-hmm. happened so this is the sensitive part of the podcast guys but I do want to kind of tap into that because I feel like so many girls and so many women including myself have had some kind of sexual assault in their life mm-hmm. and honestly a lot of people that are in the industry have had something happen to them yes which is really interesting that's something I find in common a lot yeah. with girls I talk to yeah so if you want to go ahead and open that book and speak on that the floor is yours <laughs> okay maybe let's go well let's go start back from when I was a child let's okay. start there and okay then it kind of will it'll work its way up into the whole dancing okay. and all of that so my experience is that I didn't really have one event where there was like sexual assault I had sexual abuse from my grandfather when I was I, you know what? I can't even remember when it started. So oh, it's all I can remember. It just happened. It just happened. So I must okay. have been like three or four. And it went on, and I was always ashamed to, to let people know how long this went on for, but it went on until I was about 12. That's a long It's a long time. time. It's a long time. And as adults, you know, we always think, well, we would know by the age of like eight, we would know that this is not okay. But as a girl, if you put yourself into an eight-year-old body, you don't know. And no. when you have somebody telling you, don't tell anybody, this right. is our it's secret, right? you think that's the way it is, right? right. Um, and it's, it's normalized at that point. It is. Right. At that point, you're just like, this is a normal thing. This is, I guess, what all girls go through. So it was a very long amount of time. And it was something that I never told anybody about until I was 17. Yeah. So it was something that I, and, and the first person I told was my mom. Oh, wow. Actually, no, you know what? The first person I told was my, the boyfriend that got me into stripping. And then okay. I told my mom after. Wow. Yeah. So it was, like I said, it was such a long time for, for you to, you know, go through these things. That's nearly a decade. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. And, like, that's during your formative developmental years going into, like, pre-puberty, too. Like, it's 
that's a very long time for that to be happening, yeah. for that to be to occur. So Yes, and I remember thinking, you know, when I was little, and of course you, as a child you don't really know anything, but I remember thinking I don't want to get pregnant. And even though I hadn't received my, like hadn't got my period yeah. yet, <laughs> I, you know, you don't know. You're just like, I don't want to get pregnant. If I can be graphic. Or <laughs> of course. There was, there was never any... Um, penetration okay but there was a lot of other things like that I was made to do and that my grandfather did to me you know just touching kissing lots of you know oral stuff like that yeah Yeah. and yeah so it was just like I said it was for me kind of normal and then I just I don't know when I thought this is not okay like I can't pinpoint that moment I it was kind of almost like I grew out of it and I was just like don't touch me anymore don't you know I'm older now and stuff like that very shameful experience absolutely like that's it must be even now like so difficult to talk about that I'm getting more comfortable the older I get with how much I share of about that whole thing and you know I still I always think I want to write a book or something about this you know (laughs) because I want women to to be able to speak up about this and now I think with this whole the whole me too movement it's giving us a platform to actually not be shy anymore and just speak up and say yeah this happened to me as well what whether you have years of sexual abuse or you have one sexual assault experience like it's the same yeah right totally um and then it's okay to talk about it you're allowed to feel like this and you know it's yeah it's just it's a lot to be bottling up inside it is yeah and you know let's go into the 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 dancing the stripping part so many women that and girls that I met in that industry have similar if not the same story whether it's an uncle that sexually abused them whether they were raped what you know like there's so many stories and the more women I met that had this type of thing happen to them the more we were all like huh it's funny that we ended up in this stripping scene together. <laughs> yeah. So like, fucked up. It is weird, it's right? It's so weird. Yeah. And it's like we all have these da- what they call daddy issues, and I'm using quotation Gosh, marks. I hate that. You know, I know me too. <laughs> it's like, oh, she has daddy issues, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> we there's obviously something that happens to us when these things happen when we're young or in, you know, before we hit our late teens. Yeah. If these type of things happen to you, you go toward more of it. It's so yeah. strange. I wonder if there's like any studies on this too. It's it's just a weird. I don't want to say correlation, but it is kind of like correlated it, in some way. It is. And, I, you know, I've had therapy for this because, okay. you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, I really need to talk to somebody that's like outside of my family. Yeah. That, you know, can have, um, there's no like, <laughs> they bias can, or there's no like bias that. and they can be subjective. Right. And so I was speaking to um, a therapist about it and she she said it's based on patterns. So when we're young, yes. we are molded into these patterns patterns that we that are like surrounding us so for me it was my grandfather who somebody that I trusted right and that I thought loved me and I let him do these things and then I go okay well let's go to my first boyfriend that got me into stripping I trusted him yeah I thought he loved me I let him do whatever he wanted to me basically so there's that same pattern 
like, right. you know, 10 plus years later. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the strip club and in the strip club, I feel like we, we, we take the power over. Yes. Right. So yeah. I feel like it has to be linked somehow because we're, we've got these patterns in our relationships uh-huh. and then, you know, we go to this place where we can go, you know, it's my turn. Yeah. And I think. To reclaim that to, power. Yes. And I think that's what it is. I think so too. Yeah. You might have a really good theory out there. I'm going to Google this later. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes yeah. complete sense though too. Yeah. So I want to ask like, how, how did your mom receive that? How did your ex-boyfriend receive that news when you shared that information with them? So my ex-boyfriend, you know, for all of his faults, he was really supportive with that because it was the first time that I shared it as well, which was a really hard thing for me to do because of that shame that you carry with you. Yeah. He really was just like, I want to kill your, my, your grandfather, (laughs) you know, like I want to kill him. Yeah. And, um, he's no longer with us, my grandfather. Um, but you know, he lived with us. And so my boyfriend had to see him. Oh my God. Yes. And not say anything. So he was very supportive. My mom, she was kind of mortified, you know, when I told her. Was and it her father? Or Yes. Oh, my God. And, and oh, that's the thing, you know. Even. I know. And so the thing is, you know, my mom, it, it being her father, is such a – it must have been so hard for her because, you know, she trusted him. And it's just like you've completely violated my daughter and my home. And I don't even really know what she thinks about it because she doesn't really talk about it. But she was very upset. And, you know, she basically said, I'm sorry that I couldn't protect you. And after that, we kind of put it to bed and we didn't really bring it up again until much, much later. And I'm not the only one in my family that he's done this to. Oh, which gosh. I didn't know until I told my mom. And then she told me, well, he did this to your cousin. And we think he, and he did it to my aunt, one of my mom's sisters, that is only a product of my grandfather, but my grandmother. So he had a child outside of the marriage. Oh my um, God. Yes. So, and so I, I connected with my aunt on it and we talked about it. I connected with my cousin on it and we talked about it. Yeah, so it was just like, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Somewhat comforting, but not really. Like, that's yes. terrible. Yeah. It is. It, it is. And, you know, my mom has said, well, I was told that this had happened to your cousin. And, you know, we just thought, oh, she was, she was like five years old and, you know, grandpa's touching me and whatever. And they moved out of the house and they moved in with us, like the grandparents. Okay. So, okay. so. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so wow. there's, there's a lot going on in, yeah. the, in the family. Um, I'm sorry to hear but, that. Oh, thank you. But, the you know, the family just, they kind of brush it under the rug. It's just like one of those things. And I feel like all families have stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. So... That's what it is. It's really heavy. Oh yeah, my I'm God. sorry. No, don't apologize, please. I invite you on the show so you could talk about this and you could share your experience with others because I'm sure there are other people that this has happened to as well. Like Not just in the stripper and sex worker community, but yeah. people in general because I've had a lot of friends that there has been a lot of child abuse that has happened and it's awful to yeah. hear about it, but whoever's listening out there like hopefully this can kind of help you guys as well because I want to know like how do you overcome this because it's it's heavy stuff and it affects your day-to-day life 
right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, for a long time, it kind of, I couldn't overcome it. I was like, this is my story. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a victim of it. But over the years, I've kind of had to retrain my thought process and think, you know what, I'm not a victim of this. I'm actually a survivor of this. And I'm not going to let it dictate my life. It is part of me. It is something that happened. It's really shitty that it happened, but I don't have to let it kind of, you know, drag me down or anything like that. And I can just channel my, my, all my energy into, you know, things that I love to do with my life. And business is one of that, one of those things. Right. So yeah, it is something where like, I'm in a good place now with it. I don't need therapy anymore. (laughs) Yay! That's amazing. Um, Yeah, and it's something, like, this is probably the first time I'm talking so openly and candidly about it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so thank you. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story on this. It's so incredibly powerful because, you know, when we are victimized like that, sometimes people allow that to define them, right? And it's just so hard to crawl out of that hole, right? I was sexually assaulted when I was 18 from Mm. someone in the stripper community. Mm. Um, And that was not a nice time. Like, I just got out of a relationship. I started getting involved with this stripper person. And then him and his friend sexually assaulted me. And it was just not a nice experience. And I just remember being totally violated and crushed. And then I just kind of buried it for a very, very long time. Because I was like, I don't know what happened to me. Like... Did I consent to that? Um, I think I did. Like I said, I wanted to do this. Yeah. It sounded fun. And then when you get there, you just freeze. Yeah. You just freeze. Like, I don't even know what happened. I was like, oh my gosh. I just remember calling my girlfriend at the time, just crying and couldn't even formulate words. Right. (laughs) To be like, and I didn't want to say what happened either because I was like, hey, like, I was sleeping with this guy and then this happened and yeah, it was just really not a nice time. And then I only started talking about that recently as well, just because I think it really helped me too. So, but it's hard because, you know, again, like you don't want that one moment or these experiences to define you. No. The rest of your life. You don't, but when they do happen, it is very traumatizing, you know, and you can't really... You can't help how you react to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just have to take as much time as you can until, you know, one day you'll go, okay, I'm going to talk about this now, right? Right. Like, it's, it just is one you of those take things. take at your own pace, right? Yeah, you do. And like you, I buried it, and I was, but, you know, there's a lot of shame that comes with it, and that's right. the thing that we're afraid of. You know, we're, we're fearful that people are going to judge, you know, right. because I actually did have one experience where I told another guy that I was dating, well, he was like on and off for a couple of years, but he, <laughs> he ended up being a good friend, okay. but I told him about it and he judged me. He was like, how could you let that happen so oh long? And I was like, was it that question? Like, how yes, could you let that happen? Yes. Oh and I was God. like, you know what? You're not who I thought you were. Yeah. I'm telling you this because I felt comfortable with you and because we have been intimate like him and I had been intimate a couple of times right and I you know we had been I don't even know how the conversation came up but it did and yeah he was just like oh 
you know, how could you let that happen? I'm like, you don't understand at yeah. all. No. I'm like, I'm, I'm so done. done. We're done. Yeah. We're done totally. I'm not friends with him anymore. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, cut you out of my life. <laughs> no ability to the empathize no. at all. Like, come on, you're no. a child. Like, you don't yeah. have to explain it. No. That's a no-brainer, right? So, yeah. God. That's just, oh, gosh. Just <laughs> everything. This whole episode is so incredibly it's heavy. painful yeah but also very inspiring too because obviously look at you now like you're this amazing entrepreneur this beautiful studio inspiring mm. women and men from everywhere and sharing your love for pole dancing i think that's something to be very 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 proud about thank you i so i am um, i feel lucky <laughs> i feel so blessed that i you know i found this sport and this industry and that i could take all of my experience, like, you know, dancing in the clubs, because that was invaluable. Like, you know, a lot of people ask me, how do you put together routines? I'm like, I don't know. I just freestyle. But that's the, that's the life of a stripper. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're just like, there's no routine. No, there's no routines. They just, the DJ puts on your music and you just have to go and do a show and do whatever comes to mind. So I, I love that I, I have that behind me because it helps me so much in, in this. Yeah, being a yeah. teacher as a well. A coach, a teacher, yeah. And right. yeah. That's crazy. Okay, well, we have a lot of Q&A, <laughs> like a okay. lot of questions, the most questions I've ever received. So I guess we'll kind of just hammer it out, unless there's any uh, thing you want to add to that. Or no, I think I'm I'm done. Well, a lot of major questions here. So, okay. first question: uh, How can you ensure your own safety in a private dance room? Ah, that's a great question. So I'm a little bit naive to the VIP rooms here. Are they? Do they have cameras? Yes. Okay. Yes, they have cameras so that's here. Good. That's so. good. So really, you just. Well, one, always get your money up front. Absolutely. <laughs> I know so many girls that don't. They, I'm like, oh, girl, mm, you got to get your money first. Yes. You have to really be authoritative almost with these guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard. We always like in my clubs, we always had the bouncers were right outside in case we needed anything. I cannot tell you the amount of times like where I'd had my back to the guy because I was like, I don't know, bent over or something. <laughs> like, you know, showing everything. Yeah. And I turn around and he has his dick out in his hand and I'd be like, Johnny, come and get this guy. Like, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, you just, I mean, have your wits about you. Part of, you know, dancing is you're there to do a job, but you have to be smart about it too. Right. Two drink minimum was for me. I always had that rule for myself because I found if I drank more, I would obviously be a little bit more (laughs) loosey-goosey and I would chat a lot, not make any money. That's like a whole other part of it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just have your wits about you and like just stand your ground. That's kind of, that's how I always approached it. I know we yeah. were we were chatting before um, we started recording, but you you mentioned like some guys will try to like take advantage of the situation and like you know try to bite your nipples or try to yes. like touch too much or touch certain areas. How do you protect yourself that way? Yeah, well, I would usually it would just I have had that, so I've had, had guys bite my nipples. I've had guys grab my yeah. <laughs> vagina yeah. and like try to try to put their fingers inside. You know, like gross shit. Yeah. And I'm just like. 
Um, you just have to, you have to have thick skin and you just have to be like, dude, come on. And I, there were so many times where I would take the guy's hands and just put them down. I'm like, no, no touching. Yeah. You know, um, and our, the clubs that I worked in, there was definitely no touching. Okay. In the UK? In England. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones in Toronto, there was, they were a little bit more, you know, liberal, 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 um, lenient. They didn't really watch the guys too much. They were just like, do whatever. Just, you know, be safe. (laughs) We're here for you in case you need anything. And yeah, in England, they're very strict. The laws are different there. Oh, okay. Okay. The laws are very different. You're not the only place you're allowed to go nude is in the VIP. You're not allowed to go nude on the floor, not on stage. You can't even go topless. I remember, here's the story. The (laughs) first club that I started dancing in, in England, I was on stage, I was doing my show and I whipped my top off and the bouncer came running over. He's like, babe, you gotta put your top back on. We're not allowed to do that here. I'm like, oh my what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like about to get full on nude here. <laughs> and they were like, no, you're not allowed. And this isn't a thing here. <laughs> there, it's just the laws. Yeah, so it's different. like it's like in the states they can't go. Yeah, yeah bottomless. Yeah, weird. Yeah. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> I know, but it exactly. actually is really nice because you get a lot more dances because the guys want to see what's under. Yeah, because it's more of a tease right it there. Is. Like, hey, now come to the VIP room and yeah. now let's get naked and yeah. now you pay me. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Damn. <laughs> dances are so hard to sell here. <laughs> this one's expensive too. It's because the the girls show everything on stage yeah and there's really nothing left to the imagination and the guys they're like oh we've already seen it all yeah like we, why would we want to pay for it when we get it for free or for a few dollars yeah. for which free is, for some which is gold. sad yeah which is like not that. cool yeah just one thing i hate about stage like i love stage love being on stage love performing but then honestly the money's not there no the money's in vip which yes. i hate yeah, <laughs> that's another topic. Do you get paid per show? show? Yeah, okay. So at least we have that to yeah. supplement the tips and whatnot. Yeah, so. we in England they don't pay per show, so the club oh. does not pay you at all. Oh, you pay the house fee, and then you make all your tips on stage and whatever you make um, in VIP, and then you give a, a small percentage at the end of the night based on what you make. Right. Yeah. Oh, so a little, the structure is a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Still cool though. Yeah. What was your dancer name and what show did you like to perform? My dancer name was Taylor. <laughs> I can kind of picture that. <laughs> yeah. I love that name. Um, I actually, when I was younger, I used to watch Bold and the Beautiful. Okay. And one of the characters' name was Taylor and she was so pretty and I always wanted to like be like her. And <laughs> so when I went into that, um, that scene I was like my name is going to be Taylor yeah, that's me Taylor. Yes. <laughs> I love that it's amazing yeah. do you have any favorite shows you want to perform I guess like your signature tricks or whatever or... my favorite shows are you, are you talking like I don't um, know costume or maybe I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what she exactly asked here but whatever you decide okay <laughs> very subjective I love doing water shows oh yes yeah yes. I love that wet and, and wild if, if wet and wild <laughs> and if there was no like if we couldn't like if I was at a club where they're like no we're not allowed to do like water so what I would do is we'd have like um, you know a bucket and sponge type of thing and it would be like the yeah. soapy the soapy water <laughs> and then I, 
the the stage would be wet so I could slip and slide all over the place. Right. If the club did not allow that because of cleanup time, yeah. <laughs> I would do, I like to do ice shows. So where oh. I take ice and just put it all over me. Oh, yeah. okay. And of fun. course that gets your nipples really hard, which guys love. Guys so. love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> pro tip, guys, pro tip. Yeah. Um. So that, and then, you know, just norm the norm you know really cool costume yeah whatever yeah <laughs> yeah but definitely my favorite shows were water shows but yeah it's also very popular as well so. yes um how can one cleanse their mind after an assault well I think that you know we've already kind of talked a little bit about yeah you know the therapy and then just really getting taking your time and being able to talk about it on your own terms I think you know if I had been older and it happened maybe I would have approach it differently maybe I would have been like I'm going to the police right now you know yeah and that's the thing the times are different right? yeah it's like very different now. when this was happening to me there was no real such thing as child abuse Mm-mm. it was like nobody talked about it there was no punishment like legal right. punishment really for it so I think just you know take time to love love yourself and nurture yourself and mother yourself Right. And just whenever you're ready to talk about it, then talk, talk about, about that. It. Yeah. Great advice. How long ago now did you stop stripping? So I guess how many years now? So the so I stopped in 2009. Okay. So yeah, yeah a decade. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Time flies, guys. Holy shit. <laughs> it feels like not that long ago, but you know, I really I I do miss it sometimes, and I sometimes think, man, maybe I should just go like work for the weekend. That would be great. <laughs> but then I'm like, you know what? I'm so much older now. I'm in my, like, I'm 36. So, <gasps> yeah, so I'm like, I don't know if, you know, how well I would do now if there's, like, 18 to, like, 20. Oh, yeah, everyone's young. Yeah. Younger and younger. Even yes. I feel old, and I'm, like, 29. So yeah, I'm like, oh, so oh I'm God. like, I don't know if I would do well anymore. <laughs> so the way that I, I get it out of my system is I perform in class or I perform oh, yeah. at the show's like wherever yeah. we're doing it. Yeah. So Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> how was the transition from stripper to business owner and which is more challenging? Business. <laughs> down. Hands down. No hesitation there. No. Stripping for me was not hard. Like it felt so natural for me talking to, I mean, apart, you know, we all get into that, like, oh, I have to have the same conversations with this, you know, same type of men every night. Like it gets so boring. But really it's, it's not easy hard in that way. yeah it's easy it's just like it's just you get bored yeah right <laughs> um but yeah I found that so much easier and in business there's just so many areas that you you come up against challenges and I'm not going to bore you guys with that but, but definitely business is harder okay <laughs> What emotional and mental tool did you use to love, to love, to move forward and stay strong after the assault? I think therapy Therapy, really helped. Yeah, it wasn't until I started talking about it that I could move on. Like as long as it was inside me and just, it was just my problem. I really, that's what was tearing me down and was kind of affecting my life, you know, and um, it wasn't until I talked about it. So like talk, just talk, even if it's talking to your girlfriends, talk to people that will not judge you and you know that they won't judge you. Right. And that will help. Just get it out of your system. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. What is the biggest change you've seen since you started started as an exotic dancer then and now? 
they have lots of changes countrywide and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, there is so many changes. So yeah, d- different countries, you know, the different um, rules and laws and, and the clubs. But n- I know from now, cause I teach a lot of strippers, mm-hmm. the money is not there anymore. Yes. I know okay. that I talk to girls like on almost a weekly basis. I'm like, what's going on in the clubs this week? Like, you know, are you making good money? Like, is it worth it for you? And they're like, oh, yeah, mate, I was lucky if I made, like, 150 or 200 bucks last night. I'm like, what? I'm like, girlfriend, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I bad. wasn't – I was walking out of the club with, like, a 1,000 pounds. That's, like, two, nearly two a grand. 1,000 pounds? Yes. Oh, my God. For me, I was – like, this is – It's it was so different, you know, in that time. This is also before – the re- well, the recession hit in what, like two thousand nine, nine or yeah. eight, or, yeah. yeah, eight or something. So I was kind of like stopped around that time. Oh, right, just in time. <laughs> yeah, just in time. So you know, for me at the time, I was like, I'm not happy until I make at least eight hundred pounds oh tonight. Oh my god, yeah, so nice. <laughs> I know, and and you know, it, it's so different now. When it, the girls tell me, I'm like, God, and then that's why they all travel. Yeah. That's why they do all. You know, they go to yeah. the different provinces. So crazy, and I understand. I'm like, go, like, do it. Go where the money is. Totally. Because if you're going to do this to yourself, yeah. you know, and be, you know, put your body through this every night, like, go and at least make something for yeah. it. It's kind of, it's really sad, actually, but that's another topic. Yes. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. yeah. What was the industry like in Europe when you started? I guess we've already kind of talked about that. Unless there's more you want to um, add to that. Yeah, no, it was really, I, I can talk a little bit about the industry. Like, I just talk about my personal experiences. Yeah. But the industry um, is fantastic there, in yeah. England especially. Uh. Um, it's, there's, like I said, there's a lot of strip clubs, so you have a lot of choices. So you can go anywhere. You can go up to Scotland if you want. And, like, there's no agencies, like, here. You just go right to the club and do an audition. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So okay. it's just, like, you, you are in charge of your own schedule. Cool. You tell them when you are available and then they call you in or you're already scheduled like a week before or whatever then they keep you know they'll keep the top girl I was a top dancer because I I, definitely see that (laughs) oh thank you I had the rules though I was like two drink minimum I'm not gonna walk out of here unless I have 800 and if I'm making money they're making money because they get a percentage of mine right Right. yes so they want to keep the girls that are hustling yeah of course yeah yeah but the girls were awesome (laughs) like I don't know how it is now I don't know what that like sisterhood is like anymore yeah I mean obviously I had my fair share of like frenemies in the club (laughs) but that's just jealousy yeah it's just based on jealousy for sure I tried my best to get you know be friendly to everybody and you know double up with girls so we could work together in the VIP yeah we do yeah we would we would we'd be like okay let's go three of us tonight and we're gonna get all these guys to do VIP which is it's different there because you have private dances and then VIP VIP is 15 minutes oh. so you get three songs okay and they pay a minimum of like a hundred pounds or something oh. so to each girl oh yeah so it's good so that was the way we, we would go yeah but yeah it was it was so fun and we used to have events in the clubs I remember like in the summertime we would have like a summer solstice party <laughs> where we'd bring out floaties and we'd fill a <laughs> we'd fill like a big pool, pool with yeah. like foam we'd foam parties oh fun. yeah so yeah. it was fun like yeah. it was really good 
good back then. And like I I can't speak to it now because I'm not in it. But from what I hear, they still do that kind of sometimes, like different events. Yeah, they definitely had that more at like the Fox in Victoria, but now that shut down. Oh, that shut down. Yeah, I heard. But not so much here in Vancouver. Like the the most eventy kind of things would be like Image Night or like Move Something at number five. Those aren't really events to me. Yeah, no. Yeah, those aren't. That doesn't count. No. Yeah, so the events, they would like bring in lots of customers. Yeah, they'd have like guys, club owners, (laughs) take a tip. Come on, do some events. Come on. Just look on, like, if there are any club owners listening to this, if they just look on any of the websites from, you know, any of the big clubs like Spearmint Rhino or any of those big ones in um, London, mm-hmm. they'll be able to see. Get some inspo. That, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I guess what made you decide to start dancing? So, again, that was just being exposed to the strip clubs and just seeing the girls yeah. and... Maybe I can do that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, young, right? 18. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, as soon as I turned 18, that was like one of the first things I did. I went to the strip club and I was like, I would like to work. And back then they were like, you were allowed to work at 18, but not allowed to drink. Right. Right. So I don't know what, what the rules are now. You might have to be 19. I think you have to be 19. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. wow. oh my God. <laughs> Crazy. And that's all for questions. That's a lot of questions. Wow. So holy crap. Well, we are done here. But before we go, where can we find you? Tell us about the studio. Oh, okay. Use this to market. <laughs> well, you can find me in studio like any almost every day of the week. <laughs> Literally uh, find her here. Yes. The business is uh, Ava Fitness Studios on Instagram and Facebook. And um, my personal Instagram is um, Miss Jessa Lynn. And I think that's the only places. <laughs> Ava, so. AvaFitness.ca. <laughs> yes. Come check us out. Yes. um, Take a class or five or everything. Yeah. (laughs) And feel free to message me on any social media platform um, if you have other questions or if you want to talk personally and just one-on-one. I am here. I'm open and um, ready to help anybody who needs to, you know, share their story as well and just somebody to talk to. Oh my gosh, this is such an amazing episode. You're such an incredible human being. Thank you. (laughs) So happy you could be on the show today. And guys, that's it for today. So again, don't forget to subscribe, rate, like, strip by Sia. And we'll catch you guys again in another week. And thank you again, Miss Jessica. Thank you so much. Anyways, we're going to wrap up here, guys. So have a great night, weekend, or whatever you guys are doing. Peace.